Hello, everybody. It's, a, it's really good to see you. And those of you who are here uh, at our legacy campus from filming or one of our other campuses or uh, you're watching online or podcasting uh, this week, we're starting a new series um, called Water and Wine. It's a little two week mini series, Water and Wine. And those are the two things on the menu, water and wine. But you can have both. Uh, in fact, it's going to be really important to choose both at some point in your life. Um, or even on a regular thing, especially with the wine part, as we talk about these two experiences for a Jesus follower that are really, really, really critical. Like in, in there. And so what we're going to do ne- these next couple of weeks, it'll be not just talking about it, but we'll also do stuff. It'll be experiential uh, as we engage these things that are very important to God and very important to us, more important than we probably think. And that's why we're doing a whole series around these two big things. You know, there's a lot of stress right now out there about a lot of things. But one of those things with all the supply problems, supply chain problems and all that is Christmas gifts and finding, you know, can I you know, find the right one? The one that I want or my kids want and, you know, is it going to be available? I went to a store. I don't go to stores very much, but I did a couple of weeks ago. And already there's this huge line of people buying stuff before you get there and buy the stuff that they want instead, because there's all this stuff that um, that people say, man, you, you may not be able to get this stuff, especially toys and electronics, for example. And I don't know what these most of these things are um, yet. I have a granddaughter now, so I'll I'll get up to speed again with toys. But squish mellows, is that a thing? Um, hard to find. Uh, uh, Nintendo Switch, I can figure that one out. Um, Gabby's Dollhouse, LOL Surprise Dance Dance Doll. It's a thing. Uh, Galactic, let's say Galactic Snacking, Grogu Animatronic. One of those things, really hard to find. Uh, Paw Patrol, the movie Ultimate City Tower. I know what Paw Patrol is. But uh, I have never seen the ultimate city tower. But there's all these all these people are panicking because, oh, man, what if I don't get the right gift? And, and that's just if you can get the gift. Now, let's say you can. There's also this stress that can set in around Christmas, even this early as we think about it with certain people in our lives. They're just really, really hard to buy for, you know, people who uh, they have uh, they have everything that they want. They don't need anything. And if they did need something, they would just buy it. Or if they want it, they're not going to wait around for Christmas in an affluent culture. You know, there's, if they want it, they'll just get it. And, and that's especially hard when not only do they have everything, but they're also just givers. And they're the kind of people that you really want to do something great for. And, um, and, and what am I going to do? And, 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 it, and it's always a nice thing when that, kind of, when that person says, hey, you know what? This Christmas or this birth, you know, on this birthday or whatever, what if you just did this? It'd be so meaningful to me. You're like, oh, thank you, because I've been stressing out of what I'm going to do. And often it's not a thing like it's not I, I want this thing. Often it's something else. Now, bring that over to God. OK, now, what do you give a God who has everything? <laughs> because he's done everything for us. Right. We want to honor him, but he doesn't need anything. It's not like he's up in heaven thinking, man, I wish I had a Grogu, whatever, you know, I wish, uh, you know, a Paw Patrol. I mean, if he wants it, he has, right? There's nothing that he needs. There's nothing that he wants. I mean, he, he has everything. Except he has 
like in the, you know, Bill, I wish those people would tell us just, man, if you would do this. He actually has told us a couple of things, and it's what this series is about, is, hey, these are two things that would be really meaningful to him. And now they're also meaningful to us, and we'll see that. And they're really important in our lives, but they're especially meaningful to him. It's like God saying, look, I know you think I have everything, but there's a couple of things that would be really important for me, really significant for me, if you would make them a priority. And that's what this series is, water and wine. So next week, we'll talk about the wine part. So you can send in your preferences um, of wine. Now, we're, we're actually talking about communion, uh, uh, Christians call it, or the Lord's Supper. And we'll participate in that. And, and why is that a big thing? And it's one of those things, both of these things from the outside looking in look a little bit strange. You think, why do we, you know, the, the cracker and the juice or the wine, depending on the tradition. And then Jesus, when he'd said it, he said, you know, take, eat, this is my body, uh, take, drink, this is my blood. You're like, what? You know, if you're not a Christian, you're, you know, you're new to this thing. It's like, I'm eating what? You know, this is body and blood. And what does that mean? And what's that all about? And why is that even important? So we'll talk about that next week. We'll experience that next week. Talk about what that is. This week is the water part. This week we're talking about baptism, um, which is something Christians do. You're probably aware of that. Even if you're new to Christianity, you probably have heard about baptism. But it, and it is a weird thing from the outside looking in, because where else do people voluntarily get dunked in front of a bunch of strangers? You know, I mean, unless you're at a fair and you're, you know, you, you drew the short straw and you, you're the one in the dunking booth. Um, that's about the only place somebody volunteers to get dunked in front of a bunch of people. And, and yet, so, but Christians do it. And so why, why is it even a thing? And what we're going to see, it's not just a thing. It's actually one of the most important things Christians do. It's actually the first thing that Jesus asks a person who decides, yeah, I'm going to, I want to begin a relationship with God and be a Jesus follower. It's the first thing that he asks us to do. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 gives the mission to all who, uh, to, to the church. It says, go into all the world and make disciples. Disciples are people who follow Jesus, who are living uh, for him, who say, my life's not about me. It's about him. We begin a relationship with God, make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. So the first step of obedience, even before people start saying, yeah, what is Jesus commanded? I want to live for him. What is the first thing you do? What is the gateway into that new way of life? It's baptism. It's being baptized. A baptized being getting baptized is is God's way of us. It's kind of the gateway of make of sealing that decision to follow Jesus and to begin a life of following Jesus. It's a way to identify publicly with him. It's a very strong statement to other people in our life. It honors God in a unique way. And we'll talk about why it's such a big deal and why you should cons- and why you should do it. If you are a Jesus follower or want to be a Jesus follower uh, for all kinds of reasons, it is the first act of obedience that is vital in the process of being a follower and being a follower of his. And so uh, today um, at all of our campuses and throughout the whole weekend, there'll be opportunities for you. Uh, there'll be some people getting baptized and and you'll learn about this because you can, too. There's actually some clothes available and towels available for people who think, man, I, I've never been baptized and I think I'm ready for that. So just have that in the back of your mind. 
But let's talk about baptism, because as important as it is, it is also uh, pretty confusing because there's so many different backgrounds when it comes to baptism. I mean, if you you know, if you didn't grow up in a church background, uh, then it's just kind of strange. So so you're looking well, yeah, what is this all about? Like, why would I even think about that? And we'll talk about that. But if you grew up in church, we all grew up in different church traditions. And um, and so you may you may have a lot of questions like, you know, maybe you grew up in church where you, they baptize babies. And then you move to a church that doesn't baptize babies and like, well, how come they do it? How come they don't? And if I was baptized as a baby, should I get baptized now? Or what's the deal with that? Um, some churches sprinkle, you know, so you think, oh, that's better for my hair, you know, or, or but some churches dunk and you're like, oh, no, it's going to ruin my or, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and so what, what is all that about? And there's all these questions. And so we're going to go through those to clear up some confusion and learn what baptism is. And we'll talk about, hey, why is it a big deal? And then, hey, let's do it. So um, here's the first question. Is baptism for babies? Are those old enough to follow Jesus? And some traditions baptize babies. And they have good reasons for that. Um, And then some don't baptize adults. When you look at the New Testament, over the years of tradition, it became a thing of baptizing babies. But when you go back to the the New Testament era, um, it they baptized people who were old enough to believe there was belief that preceded baptism. So baptism was for people old enough to believe and make a decision to follow Jesus. And then that was the first act of obedience. So when you look back at the New Testament, you don't have to be a math whiz to count up how many babies are baptized in the New Testament. Because you know how many? Zero. It just doesn't happen in the New Testament era. It did. It came it, again for some reasons, not necessarily a bad thing, but for some reasons later, it became a tradition. But in the New Testament, it was uh, people. It wasn't babies. It was people old enough to believe. And that's why you read. There's a ton of these passages. But Acts 16 says the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. I think that was Lydia and Philippi, if I remember right. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And then Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So as people who believed and then as the first act of obedience chose to get baptized. So belief precedes baptism. And so, therefore, uh, the way we do it is that that baptism is for those old enough to believe. And uh, and so it's now you can be pretty young and still believe. I mean, I've helped. Three-year-olds, as young as three-year-olds, begin a relationship with Jesus. I mean, the good news of the gospel, the, the gospel is just a Bible word for good news. But it's not complicated. Um, so you, you know, I, I know three, four, five-year-olds who became believers very early. Maybe that was your story. And, and so, you know, we baptize children here. because, But babies are kind of a stretch. I mean, I know Chase Oaks babies are like the cutest babies in the world. I really believe that. If you go to any of our campuses, any of our nurseries, and you go back there, you think, wow, Chase Oakers make really cute babies. And they're really smart. Just like my granddaughter, Eden. She just turned one. She took her first steps on her first birthday, our party that we had uh, last week. So that was really fun to be part of that. And she's really smart. And she's really cute. But she's not yet ready to understand the good news of Jesus and choose to be a Jesus follower, right? So at, so what we do is we do dedicate babies, which essentially is, is very similar to what other traditions do when they baptize babies. We do baby dedications, which is a way of say of, of the parents saying, Hey, I, I want to raise my child 
in the way where they're most likely when they grow up to follow Jesus. And I want to dedicate myself as a parent to, and, and I want to dedicate this baby sort of get, it's a gift from God. And I recognize that. And so therefore, if you're baptized as a baby, that's nothing to be ashamed of or your parents didn't do anything wrong. It's the same spirit that they did. But if you say, well, should I get baptized as an adult um, once I decide to follow Jesus? And I would say, yes, from a biblical perspective, you should, because that's what, you know, it's believe and then get baptized as a first step of obedience. And then sometimes you don't think, wait a minute, but will my mom freak out or something because I've already been. And and I think a, a great way to explain that, I just say, hey, look, all I'm doing is affirming what you hoped would happen when you baptized me as an adult, as a baby. And you hope that I would come to a place in my life where I would choose on my own to believe in Jesus and to follow him and to make God the most important part of my life. And that's what I'm doing. And I want you to celebrate that with me. And essentially, so that's that question. Another question where people uh, disagree is how wet do you have to get? Um, because in some traditions, you really don't have to get very wet. You just get sprinkled a little bit. And uh, in others, you get they pour water on you. And others, you go, you know, you submerged. And uh, and we're we're dunkers. <laughs> we're submergers. And uh, and this is not the most important, you know, thing in the world uh, is, you know, it's OK. Good people can disagree about stuff. But I don't think it would have been a big problem 2000 years ago. It wouldn't have been. I don't think it would have been that confusing. And the reason I say that is because the word that we get baptized from, from the so, you know, original language of the New Testament was Greek. And the word baptizo is where we get baptized. And that was a word then that meant something. It would have communicated something everybody in culture. It wasn't just a church word. It was a word that was used all over the place. So it took on some religious meaning, but it was just a normal word. But what happened was, and I don't know why they decided this it was a real bummer. It was a mistake, I think. But years ago, when they translated the Bible from Greek into English, they made a decision not to translate the Greek word baptizo, but instead to transliterate it. And what I mean by transliterate it is where you just take the Greek letters and you put English letters and you just make up a new word. So beta B. You're right. Alpha A. And you just do that. And so baptizo became baptize in English. And which means for us, baptize is always a religious word. Like you don't you don't use the word baptize outside of what Christians do. You know, you don't baptize anything else. It's always this holy connotation or religious connotation to it. But 2000 years ago, that word baptizo meant something. And it wasn't about church and it wasn't about religion. It was just a word and it meant to immerse or to dunk. It was a word that you would use in culture outside of church and outside of Christianity. Like um, if you were uh, making vegetables and you wanted to boil vegetables, let's say your squash. Is that good? Can you boil that? OK, let's say you're boiling squash and you, you, you would baptize your squash. You would baptize your squash, not because you're trying to make it holy or you're trying to make it religious or you want your squash to follow Jesus. Or it was just it was just that's just what you did. It was just a word. Or if you were washing clothes. You would submerge them. You would baptize them into water, not because you're making sacred clothes or priestly clothes or something like that. You're just dunking your clothes into water as part of washing them. It was a normal word uh, that meant dunk or submerge. And that's why when you look in the New Testament at the stories of baptism in the New Testament, um, they're always, 
at, like at a river or on the Sea of Galilee or around Jerusalem, around the temple where a bunch of people got baptized. They have these purification pools around the temple and when they've excavated those and those are those are deep, like you, you would go in and you would fully submerge in, into those things. And so that's what they did. And I also think it happens to be the best picture of what happens at baptism, because baptism is a very powerful picture, which I think is part of why it's that first step of obedience. And it's because you're when you go under the water, it's like you're dying to your old way of life. It's a picture of that. And then you're raised up to new life. Romans six talks about it that way. Now, this is in the message was kind of a paraphrase, paraphrase translation. Romans six, three. That is what happened in baptism. When we went under water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life and a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer it sends every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we got included, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we will also get included in his life-saving resurrection. So the point of that, just a beautiful picture, right? And we feel like submersion or being, you know, dunked all the way is kind of that picture of you go under the water as a picture of, hey, I've died to my old way of life of sin dominated life. I'm being raised up to this whole new life. And that just happens to be the better picture of that. So we, we are dunkers. We are submergers. However, um, sometimes people have phobias about getting dunked, things like that. We're not going to create some kind of, you know, uh, crisis in somebody for that. So, you know, if somebody wants to get sprinkled or something like that, we'll do that. But our preference is dunking for all those reasons. Um, Another question is who can baptize others, just pastors or normal people, because pastors are not normal people. I can promise you I've been one a long time and uh, and I've known I know a lot of them and anything but normal. In fact, I was just at a a pastor's conference this week of it was a hundred and something churches around the country that have formed a network that are a unique kind of church. And it shouldn't be unique, but it is. It's just a church built around the mission of reaching people who don't go to church. And church that does things, not just for us, but for those outside. Because the gravitational pull of of every church is always going to be internal. For the people who are already there. You know why? Because the people who are already there want to be happy. You know, so it's just really easy to just build church for people who are already there because they're the ones who are already there. And so um, and so the gravitational pull is always to, to be an internally focused church. But the mission that gave birth to the church and the Lord of the church, Jesus, tells us, no, what what the church is supposed to be is not about us, but about others, meaning not just us, but those who aren't here yet. Those who have yet to be reached, uh, those who are crying out to God for help and where the hands and feet to go. So it's we, we are a church with an external mission. And so we always try to say, man, let's resist that internal pull and live the mission of Jesus that, that the church is. That's the only reason there is church. And that shouldn't be unique, but it kind of, but it, it is. And so there's a, a hundred and something churches around the country that form this network just to say, man, let's learn from each other how we can better do that. And so incredible pastors, incredible churches. And I got the opportunity to speak uh, to these uh, pastors, uh, just fellow leaders. And it was uh, it, it speak words of encouragement on one hand after what's been a difficult you know year and a half or so. 
but also to speak vision into the future because uh, we're at a critical place in the American church. And I believe it's really cool what is ahead. I believe God is doing something new and it's going to be really significant and really good. And uh, not it's going to you know, be interesting and not always easy, but it's going to be in and, and God, for whatever reason, has put churches like that on the forefront of it, including us. And if you come, don't miss the first weekend of December. That's our 40th anniversary. We won't only look ahead. We'll also be I mean, look back. We'll also be looking ahead talking about that and where are we as a church and what has God put in front of us and it's going to be a wild ride over these next five ten years but it's going to be really cool because God's up to something and we want to follow him into that but that's not what I'm supposed to be talking about right now I'm supposed to be talking about baptism so what about baptism and pastors and you have to be because a lot of churches you have to like you know that's the deal right you just assume well obviously it's got to be a pastor that does it or something but the Bible doesn't say that um, and when you look in the Bible, there's normal people who do baptism. It's not just people who are official church people or who get a paycheck from a church or something. It's it's anybody. Um, I mean, we assume a, a person who probably is a Jesus follower baptizing other people who want to believe in Jesus. And so, therefore, as a church, uh, you'll see that. And it may be a little bit different for you uh, because here at Chase Oaks, you'll see um, spouses baptizing spouses. It's always cool when spouses decide to get baptized together and one will baptize one and, and then the wet one will baptize the dry one. And, and uh, or sometimes you'll have, you know, kids or parents baptizing kids. That's always cool. Or kids baptizing parents even and and uh, and friends baptizing friends and, you know, so on. And uh, and so if you um, if you get baptized at Chase Oaks, you you can say, man, I, I would really like this person to, to do the baptism. Not, you know, I mean, there's pastors up here, but I'd like somebody. That's cool. That's great. And uh, because, again, there's that freedom in the New Testament. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, another question is baptism necessary for salvation. And the answer is no. Uh, the only thing necessary for salvation is God's grace. And our, and our choice to say yes to him. I mean, that's it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Uh, baptism is, is a, something we do, a work, so to speak. So it doesn't save us. It's, but it's the first thing God asks us to do once we understand what salvation is. And that's where I think it can get confusing for churches that make it part of like, you know, you have to be baptized because just like the passages we just read, um, people got baptized really quickly. Like it was you believe and are baptized. There wasn't like this long, you know, well, let me learn about Christianity more and do all this stuff. And maybe a year from now, I'll get bad. There wasn't this gap like people believed on that same day they would get baptized. And uh, it's it just it's that natural part of the Christian life. And in that first act of obedience and really, there shouldn't be uh, this big gap. And the reason there is, and it's been convicting for me this week, is we don't emphasize it enough. Um, and we should emphasize it more. And so I'm asking our communications team, hey, on our website, on our app, and we need to help people understand that's the first step of obedience. And we always need to have an opportunity for people to choose to get baptized and not wait until we just happen to have one scheduled or something like that. Because... It's it's it happens. It, it just it's that first thing that Jesus asks us to do, um, which gets me to the ultimate question. And that is, well, then why do it? Why should every Jesus follower be baptized? 
And there's a lot of reasons for that. For one, three big reasons here. One for you, baptism is a marker event that seals your decision to follow Christ. We already read the passage, Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Before we even start obeying Jesus, the first thing that he asks us to do as kind of a gateway into a Jesus following, Jesus obeying life is to get baptized. And I think it's really easy to have a misconception in Christianity that Christianity is about believing a few things and then you just kind of live your life. And, and believing is really important. Understanding that Jesus is God who came here and he died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He's not dead. He's alive. He wants to change us. What we believe is important, but that's, that's only part of it. That's just, that's just part of what it means to be a Jesus follower. It's not just believing a few things and then, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to do my thing. Um, when you decide to be a, when you decide to follow Jesus, it's not just up here. It's your whole life. It's saying, I want my life to be about serving him. I want my life to be about obeying him. In baptism, I think the reason God made it up, or one of the reasons, it is a powerful marker event in our life because that decision is kind of, can so easily be up here. But then when you get baptized, especially right away, it's like it, it seals it. It's like this act that you do. It's the public display of an internal decision. And, it, and you can, it's, it's something you can always look back on as a moment of clarity. Because when you live a Jesus-following life, there's going to be times where you're going to blow it, times you're going to have doubts, times you're going to get confused, times you're going to go way off path. And you can always look back at that moment when you're baptized and be like, wait a minute, I remember that moment. I, was, I remember that moment as a moment of clarity. I, 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 know what I, I knew what I believed. I knew the life that I wanted. And yet right now it might be a little confusing. Right now I may have kind of gone way off path and I need to get back on. But I remember, I remember that. And you always have that moment of clarity to look back on as a, as a marker event in your life. And it's also just part of following Jesus. I mean, being a Christian or following Jesus means I'm going to submit all of my life to his better way. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I think about my relational life, my friendships, my family, it's, I'm going to bring it in alignment with what Jesus wants. When I think about my career, my finances, my decisions, right? It's about Jesus and it's about what he wants. That, that's the way of life I'm going to commit to. And as the gateway into that life, the one that Jesus that we claim to follow asks us to do is baptism. It's not really optional. It's not like you can say, yeah, I really, yeah, I just, I don't want to get my hair wet. Or I just don't want to, I don't want to do, it's kind of inconvenient. It's kind of humiliating. I don't get why you have to go under the water. I mean, why is that even a thing? And it's just, it's not really a choice for a Jesus follower. I mean, it's a choice. You don't have to follow Jesus. But when you say, hey, I'm going to become a Jesus follower, he's like, hey, the first thing is this. And you're like, okay, then I'm going to do it. And I think it's a great gateway into that way of life because you're like, hey, I may not. This is not something I would naturally do, but I'm going to do because that's what you say. And that's kind of the way we roll as Jesus followers. Does that make sense? Um, second reason. Um, first one's for you. The second one is for others. Baptism identifies you as a Jesus follower in a very powerful way to other people who begin to understand, you know, what, what is this that you're doing? What is Jesus about? And baptism is such a great picture of that, right? But as you die your old way of life and you're raised up to new life, you're really telling people, hey, look, the me you used to know, that's the old me, but 
I've really got a new commitment in my life. And the most important thing in my life now is Jesus. And it's following him. And I want you to know that. It's a very powerful picture. Um, a lot of you know that my brother um, uh, died about a year ago. Uh, and uh, he had got a brain tumor and shortly, uh, shortly after that, went very shortly, went into a coma and then months later died. And, uh, and I miss him, but I also know where he is. He's in heaven. And you're part of his story um, because he became a Jesus follower through Chase Oaks, uh, watching online from Alabama. And I'll be forever grateful for that. And, and yet part of his journey even before that was his best friend. I mean, like best, best friend years ago. And this was so cool that this just happened. God gave this to me as a gift. Um, this was decades ago. Uh, Christy and I were in Alabama. My wife and I were in Alabama. Uh, same, you know, where my brother in Birmingham area, where my brother and uh, lived with his wife, family. And they went out to dinner. We went out to dinner at this restaurant and my brother and his wife just happened to be at that exact same restaurant at the exact same time. And we saw him and they were with his closest friend ever since like kids. And they were high, they were in high school together and uh, roommates in college together, same fraternity. I mean, they're, they're really tight. Uh, his name's Bobby. And so I, and Bobby and his wife and Steve and Becky were there. So we went over to the table and said, hey, you know, of course, we're talking. And, and Bobby, Steve's friend, says, hey, yeah, I got baptized tonight. And that's what we're celebrating. And at the time, my brother wasn't a Jesus follower yet. And he said, uh, and he said, I, you know, this is really important to me. And this is what my life's about. And I, I told Steve that that's my brother's name, that I, I would never get baptized without him because uh, He's just too important in my life. And I really wanted him to be there and uh, so that he can understand and, and support me in this thing as I support him and what he does too. And so it was just this really cool moment, right? And you could see it like just this powerful thing with my brother and his. And that's the power of baptism. It, it's that external display. It, it's, a, it's a way to say to other people, hey, I, this is who I am and this is what's important to me. And I, and I hope you'll encourage it. I hope you'll understand it. But. Um, but this is who I, this is how I roll. This is who I am. And now with social media, it's so cool because I know there's negative things about social media, but there's a lot of positive things about social media. And one of those is you get to say what's most important to you. And one of the most powerful ways to do that, there'll be people who get baptized this weekend and there'll be video and there'll be pictures that we'll send them and they can put on social media and really let everybody know, Hey, this happened and this is why. And uh, it's, it's a really powerful testimony for other people. And then, uh, so it, it's important for us. It's important for others. It's also important for Jesus, meaning it honors him when we get baptized. It means something to him. It's not insignificant. It's not like he, when you choose to get baptized, he rolls his eyes and says, oh, yeah, that guy, you know, or whatever. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to, you know, he, he, want, he wants to walk with you in life. And it honors him when we take the step of obedience and because it's a way of identifying with him, of saying, yeah, I, I'm identified with him. And we know that means something. Um, Jesus talked about being people being ashamed of him, like, like that bothers him, like to say, I'm going to be kind of private. I'm not going to out myself. Well, that's not really that cool. I mean, be like, I always think about it like this. Let's say when Christy and I got married, if she said, hey, yeah, I'd love to get, I'd love to marry you, but let's keep it quiet. Like, uh, let's just go somewhere in another state, you know, justice of the peace. I'm going to keep my name because people ask questions. 
you know, and, and let's not do rings and stuff because then, you know, people are going to wonder. And uh, we'll be married, but like, we just nobody has to know about it. You know, I'd be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you're ready to get married if that's the way it's going to be. And it's the same kind of thing. It, it, it's a way to honor him and take a step of obedience, but also identification that, that we know means something for him. So when you put all that together, it's, this is one of those things that from the outside looking in may look kind of interesting, but it's, it's a really important part of the Christian life. For people who want to follow Jesus, it is the first step of obedience. It does something for us. It does something for others. It does something for God that's really important. And that's why I'm going to challenge you and encourage you. Um, I know uh, most of you watching right now are online. Uh, some of you are right here in the room to consider being baptized today. Or this weekend, um, because we've made provision for that. And, uh, and we'll be doing that all weekend at all of our campuses. And, uh, and the reason that is, is in the New Testament, there wasn't like this time gap. Like in Acts 2, it says those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. It wasn't like they got baptized. It wasn't like they, oh, I'm going to be a Jesus follower. And then, you know, they took a bunch of classes and didn't, you know, what baptism. It's not that complicated. <laughs> It's just, I, I believe I want to follow Jesus, and this is the first step of obedience. Going under the water is a picture of, hey, I'm, I'm, that's not who I am anymore. God's raised me up to a whole new life, and that's the way I'm going to roll now. I want everybody to know it. That's not that complicated. We don't really, you know, need to read a book about it. Um, Acts 8, same thing. Uh, the eunuch, which I know is kind of a weird concept. The eunuch asked Philip. Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? He just I mean, he just become a believer in that instance. He already understands baptism, which is kind of cool. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. I love the question. Look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? That's really our question now is, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And, uh, and I'm going to just encourage you to make that decision. If you're online um, and you're watching this before Sunday uh, or before our last services on Sunday, you can just and you're in the area. You can just zip to a Chase Oaks campus and get baptized because uh, that's going to be happening. Um, if you're watching this later, um, in podcasting this later or something like that, not when we're broadcasting it or not when not in the weekend, you can just go on our website. You can go on our app and there's a way for you to pursue baptism. Uh, you'll hear in a little bit if you live in another part of the country or something, another part of the world, how you can be baptized as well. But for those of us in the room, here's here's just some things to consider. So some of you may be at a place in your life where you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and follow him. And as the first step of obedience, you say, you know, I want to display that through baptism. And I encourage you to do that. And we're going to pray in a little bit too, uh, toward that end. But I encourage you to say, you know, I'm going to get baptized. And when I say there's clothes for you to change into, what's going to happen a little bit? There's, we're going to sing a couple songs, which will give time for people to do that. And then, uh, but you can just, while the songs are going, just go into the back. Um, uh, just right back in the lobby at your campus, there are clothes to change into, there are towels and that kind of thing. Or a lot of times people just say, you know what, what the heck, I'm just going to do it in the clothes I came with. And that's fine too. Um, and you just come up to get baptized. If you want to bring somebody with you, that's great. If you want them to baptize you, that's great.
Um, you may not be in that situation, though, uh, to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you already have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian a long time. You just have never been baptized. And let me encourage you to take that step of obedience. Or maybe you were baptized as an infant, but now you're not an infant. You know, and as, a, as an adult, you say, no, I, I really want to affirm that decision. And I, I'm really thankful my family wanted this for me. And I want to honor Jesus this way as an adult and be baptized. Um, or maybe you were baptized like a lot of people. It's just a cultural thing to do. You've grown up in Texas or whatever, or Alabama like I did. And, and, but it didn't really mean anything to you. You know, you did it because your parents wanted you to do it or whatever, but it just wasn't, you didn't really understand what you were doing. It wasn't really that big of a deal for you. It, it just didn't mean a whole lot to you. But it's different now because now you're your own person making your own decisions and, and you get it. You get what it means to follow Jesus. And, and I would encourage you, if that's where you're at, to also get baptized. And, you know, some of you, I don't think you have to get baptized again and again, you know, that's, but for some of you, if, you know, you may be in a situation where you're like, man, I, I've been pretty far away from the person I wanted to be. And, and I just, I want to be back. And that may be your way of, it's just up to you between you and God on that. Um, but I'm going to encourage you to take the plunge. Uh, and, uh, and again, um, if you're online, you're about to hear instructions about that for here in the room or whatever room you're at right now. Um, I'm going to pray, give a couple more instructions, and then we'll, we'll do this. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you call us to a life of obedience. I thank you that you gave everything for us. And we want to honor you. We want our life to be about you. And so, Father, I pray for those right now who maybe uh, just want to make that decision to be a follower of Jesus that you would help them right now just say yes to you in their heart and to say I God I want to know you I want you to forgive me for my sin I want you to raise me to new life I want to follow you and as my first act of obedience I'm going to get baptized and for others just wherever they're at God just speak into their hearts if this is something that you have for them to do today and Father, again, we just, we just thank you for you. We thank you for life change. We thank you for your grace that we get to celebrate in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen.